1: And we are set to go. How about that? Welcome back to a, another evening here. Employment law information, questions, and answers. That is this entire uh, 45, 50 minutes, and that's what we're set to do. John Scholes here, Lior Samfiru, co founding partner, Samfiru to LLP. And we keep saying it because it's true. The most positively reviewed employment law firm from coast to coast to coast. So bring it on. Love to talk to you anytime you want to do so. Reach out to Lior. You can 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the website, again, built just for you is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We're going to get to this, and that is ultra-expensive terminations. How about that? If you're an employer tuning in, stick around. You'll want to take some notes on this, puppy. But uh, but first, in between your phone calls, as we get to those and the uh, the lines light up, we'll get to those in just a bit. Week that was, a double shot of that. What's going on, pal?
2: Hey, John. Great to be here. Great to be talking employment law, as always. My gosh, it's cold out there. But oh. here we're going to keep things lively and, and uh, interesting by talking about the probably the most relevant uh, type of law. Hopefully it's the most relevant type of law because we all have jobs, right? We all work and we all spend more times working than we do other things. So we need to understand our rights. We need to understand how the law protects us, how the law empowers us. And that was the whole point, is the whole point of this show. What a great opportunity you have right now to call with any workplace related questions. Maybe you have your questions about your hours. Maybe you have a questions about being let go, suspended, being put on an unpaid leave, mandatory vaccines, harassment, bullying, human rights, discrimination. I can go on. There's so many things you can ask about. So don't be bashful. Pick up the phone right now. You can ask a question and leave here, This leave this show, knowing about your rights and hopefully feeling better about what to do tomorrow morning when you go to work. So that's the whole point of this. And to get us started, week that was, let me tell you some situation about some situations that I dealt with uh, already this week. Uh, even though it's only Wednesday, so uh, I've been speaking with a number of individuals uh, who are hospital workers, uh, non-union, mm-hmm. and are about to be let go very, very soon. Again, why? Because they don't have. Uh, they, they have uh, chosen not to get the vaccine. They're not vaccinated. Right. And the hospital is saying to them, well, you know, it's a, it's a hospital. It's obviously a very uh, you know sensitive environment. We have sick people here, so you have to be vaccinated. And if you're not, you're going to be out of here. So these individuals wanted to know, well, you know, it's a hospital. It's a unique situation. Can my employer actually fire me and not pay me anything if I'm not vaccinated? So here's the thing with hospitals, John. Uh, the Ontario government made a big, big show of thinking about whether vaccines should be ma- mandatory for hospitals. They did consultations across the province. They had experts and stakeholders uh, provide opinions. And after all this, they've made a, they reached a conclusion that no, vaccinations don't have to be mandatory in the hospitals. We can manage hospitals by imposing mandatory testing, by having people attend sessions, information sessions about the benefits of the, of the vaccine, And that's all that's actually required. So what does this mean? That means that if the hospitals decides to say, well, that's not good enough for us. We still want to only have vaccinated employees. If they do that, well, then they have to pay severance because they have a choice. They don't have to fire people that are unvaccinated. The government has said, you don't have to. You're good to keep them. So if the hospital decides to do that, they have to pay severance. So that's why it's so important. If you're working in a hospital, or frankly, any other industry, when there's no vaccine mandate, ultimately, if you lose your job, you can't prevent that. Your employer can let you go. Right. But severance has to be paid. And that's true even in hospitals, given the process that the government of Ontario has gone through. So I'm going to be working with these individuals to get them their severance that they're owed. And I also kind of question in a way... You know, hospitals. We've all heard about how hospitals are understaffed right now. They're having a hard time finding people to care for patients, and they're going to be letting more people go when they don't need to. So I'm, I'm very concerned right now about our hospitals yeah. not being able to handle uh, the, the people that are sick, people that need care. But from an employment law standpoint, yes, yeah, severance has to be paid.
1: Again, reaching out any time if this rings true for you or you want more questions, a longer conversation uh, with Lior or a member of his, uh, his firm, no problem, 1-855-821-5900. Right, what's, the, uh, what's the second matter you got going on, Lior?
2: So uh, just uh, today's Wednesday. So yesterday, Tuesday, I resolved the matter for a short service employee. He had only worked for a company for, uh, for an employer for six months, uh, mm-hmm. and he was let go. And you know, he was let go without cause. reason doesn't really matter. And when he was let go, he was offered three weeks pay, which his employer at that point thought it was very generous. Well, we resolved it yesterday, as I said, on the basis of six months' pay. Wow. Now, John, he worked for six months, and he got six months' severance. Now, that wasn't some sort of a magic act on my part. That wasn't some sort of a miracle. No, it was really what the law provides, because he was a short service employee, and, and hopefully our regular listeners know the short service employees actually get disproportionately more severance than longer service employees. In addition to that, he worked in an industry, in the wine industry that right now, uh, there's there's not a lot of opportunities uh, for uh, for jobs. And because of that, that meant for him, he gets six months pay. So I wanted to bring this up here as a reminder, again, it's an important one though, that just because you may not have worked for a company for a long period of time, That doesn't mean you get little severance. Even if you work for a short period of time, your severance is measured in months, not days, not weeks. This guy meant six months severance after six months of work. You could be owed three months, six months, 12 months. So please, if you lost your job, short service, long service, young or old, whatever the situation, you have to reach out, you have to get advice. You may be surprised and shocked by how much you're actually owed.
1: For those who may have not uh, have caught the show in the past or have uh, forgotten this particular point, they're thinking, okay, we understand that it's disproportionate, but why is that a fact with short-term uh, or rather short-service employees? Why is that a, a matter of fact?
2: Because one of the key factors is how long is it going to take someone to replace their job? Well, just because you work somewhere for a short period of time doesn't mean you're going to find a job in a few days, right? So even if you work for, for six months, it may take you several months or more to find another job. And that's what the severance is intended to do. It's an insurance policy, right? That's intended to carry you until you find another job. So if it's going to take you months to find another job, well, the severance is going to have to account for that. Uh, that's why it's so important to remember that it's not just about the length of service.
1: Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But I want to talk about this, and and I mentioned off the top of the ultra-expensive terminations. You know, letting an employee go is always going to cost an employer a lot of money in severance we've been talking about that for years but in these particular situations that i'm going to list here i know you want to break them down it's going to cost you uh, even more first one is this now when the employer is struggling financially this rings so true especially right now when the employer is struggling financially but still decides to let employees go because they did not vaccinate they got to stop and think about that
2: you really really do and and I know that this is happening. I've spoken with employees and employers that are in that situation where the employer is not doing great financially. And that's true for many employers right now, but they're still planning on letting people go because they're not vaccinated. And they think potentially that they can do that and not have to pay these employees anything. But that's the problem. That's not true. Even if you're struggling financially, if you're letting someone go that's not vaccinated, you have to pay them severance. And that severance can be the thing that puts you under. It's going to cost you yeah. more than just the severance. It can cost you your business. I have personally spoken with employers that I know for a fact, if they have to pay that severance, they will not survive. So you really have to think about whether that is something you want to do. If you're, if you're feeling concerned about the, the vaccines or, or people not being vaccinated, think about, is there something else that you can do? Can you have people work from home? Can you change hours and stagger hours a bit? Can you, talk, can you look at having uh, testing implemented, uh, regular testing? Because you can't simply let someone go without severance. Let's be very clear. Uh, you, you know that, John. I'm a huge supporter of the vaccines. I think people should be vaccinated. But that's not about whether people should be vaccinated. It's about whether people can be let go without severance if they're not. And the answer is, no, they can't. So employers young or or big or small have to really really think about that you don't want to put your business under because you find out oh my gosh now i'm on the hook for two hundred thousand dollars worth of severance very important to
1: remember lots more to go we're just getting into this ultra expensive terminations listen up if you're an employee or employer for the rest of the show it's going to be going to be key information there it's the employment law show and we're coming right back And we are back at 5900 They have helped thousands of Canadians across this country get what's deserved as far as severance and everything under that particular umbrella. So make sure you reach out. Don't sit back in your laurels and think, oh, I should have, would have, could have after listening to the show. Reach out now and email Lior and talk to him on the phone, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Good way to do that. Ultra expensive terminations. Let's move on to this one. This could be costly. When an employee asks about taking a disability, leave or comes back from said disability leave how about that
2: so you you decide to let someone go when they uh, run a return from a leave or they're about to take a leave and you think that's not going to cost you no not not a good plan there so we know about severance of course we know that an employer has to pay severance if they let an employee go but whenever we're looking at something that could be a human rights violation now an employer may have to pay additional damages and that's what we're talking about here An employer cannot legally let someone go because they're taking a disability, because they're sick, because they need to be accommodated, or because they're trying to come back from a disability. That's illegal, right? So if you decide to do that as an employer, well, that's a human rights violation and you're gonna have to pay damages. Well, what should you do instead? Well, you have to accommodate your employee. If you have to allow them to take off on a disability leave, if they have the proper support from their doctor, proper doctor's note, Uh, and if they have that, then they can be off as long as needed. When they're ready to come back to work, you have to make all efforts to bring them back if possible. Yeah. If there's limitations that they have, you know, modified duties or hours, you have to try to make those happen as well. Uh, and that's what you do. And if you decide to take what you think is the easy road by letting them go, well, yeah, we already know you're going to have to write a check for severance. But that check is going to have to be that much bigger because now we're talking about a human rights violation as well. Not yeah. good. Not smart. That's certainly an ultra expensive termination.
1: Back to those uh, that topic at hand for the rest of the evening as we get into some calls first, though. Anna, thank you for hanging on. How are you?
3: I'm great. How about you?
1: Fantastic. Thanks for taking the time tonight. Uh, what's uh, what's on your mind?
3: Uh, my question is, I have a small business and it's taken a beating. It's in the service industry and it's taken a big beating. Yeah. Um, people are very nervous about coming in and having personal services done. Uh, my question is, if I have to go under, like if I have to fold the company because we just can't stay alive, can't pay the rent, I only, I have one full-time employee, one part-time employee. Um, would would i owe them severance pay if we fold like because we can't survive any longer like where does the money come from
2: so yeah absolutely so do you owe severance yes you absolutely owe severance but you know the old saying you cannot get blood from a stone so if there's actually no money to pay the employees then then there can't be any severance paid keep in mind though the fact that the company is not profitable and it doesn't make sense to continue doesn't mean that there's no other sources of money. You may have a you know, property that, that that you own, or the business owns, or there may be uh, accounts receivables that that are coming in. Yeah, you know, or you know, maybe there's uh, there is
3: no property, no accounts receivable.
2: no no equipment, nothing like that. Well, there's equipment,
3: yeah, but I've got two pieces of equipment right now that are down and can't even be fixed because they can't get the parts due to COVID. Because it, no, what I mean, not-
2: what I mean about equipment is in theory. Uh, if, if let's say you have two pieces of equipment and let's say they're worth I don't know twenty thousand dollars I don't know whatever yeah. that is yeah yeah and an employee can can require those pieces of equipment to be sold so that their severance entitlements can be paid. All I'm saying is if there's legitimately no money then like I said can't get blood from a stone no severance but beyond that yes there is the legal obligation to pay severance if that money is is, is uh, or, or can be obtained.
3: I see okay thank you.
1: Thank you, man. I appreciate, uh, appreciate your time tonight. Any further discussion or any other questions? Not a problem. one Help 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. Brian, thanks for standing by. How are you, pal? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Excellent. Uh, Excellent. What's on your mind?
4: Long-time listener. you think I would have learned something, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I say the same thing every night. I host the darn thing. What's going on?
4: Well, I, I I got I got hurt at work. Eh, I fell out of the back of my truck. I'm a truck driver. I fell out of the back of the truck, and uh, I screwed up my hip and and my neck. Eh, my shoulder, kind of. They they put the neck and shoulder together. But anyways, was was everything was fine, and and then I finally got a note from the doctor saying your 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 disability is permanent and ongoing with your neck. Eh, uh, he recommended I do not drive a truck anymore well come up just shut me down they just said okay well we're we're saying these injuries were caused by something else uh not not the fall eh? and I'm thinking I had no problems before that prior to that with my hip or my neck or my shoulder as far as that goes and and now I have those problems I'm not able to work they just said you know we're, we're done the you know and left it basically in my hands to 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 fight it or to Runaway sort of thing, you know, and I I just didn't—I didn't know. Like, it just seems to me a little unfair that uh, the job uh, would—I couldn't do my job, I couldn't go back to work. Comp doesn't cover me. My work is basically forgotten about me. You know what I mean? And I I just feel like I'm in this this hole, and I'm not sure there's a way out of it. You know?
2: So obviously, if if, you, in fact, your injury was caused by the, the, the incident, uh, workers' comp should be paying you. WSIB should be paying you uh, ongoing. Uh, I don't know why they would cut you off. Maybe they received a, an opinion that says otherwise. But when you get cut off, there's really only one option, is you have to appeal that decision to the uh, appeals tribunal, the workplace uh, safety uh, appeals tribunal. There's a whole process yeah. for that. Have you done that?
4: Well, I, I don't want to take up a lot of your time because, yeah, I have I have appealed. In fact, I called your number uh, that you give out. You give you guys give out a number, and mm-hmm. I, and I got I, I, a lawyer is looking after it. But I I just I haven't really heard from him. I don't know what's going on, and uh, uh, it's it's just like uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm comp- I I have nothing no experience in any of this stuff you know I'm completely lost and I've got this lawyer but I'm not really hearing anything from him I, I apparently he works with you you guys um but well, then, then
2: the, the call should be to that lawyer I mean I'd surprise I'm su- be surprised only because we don't deal with uh, workplace injuries usually so I'd be surprised if it's a lawyer at my firm but if you have a lawyer then the oh. call should be obviously to that lawyer uh, and find out what the status is now, what we would be dealing with is if it's a situation where there's an insurance company at play and they're cutting you off, we have a whole department dealing with that. We don't really deal with workplace injuries. But if you are speaking with a lawyer, then the question is there because the only process that you have is to appeal the workers' comp decision. The other thing I will say is this. You say you can't drive a truck, but it's possible that you can do other jobs uh, you know, with accommodation. If there are other jobs that you could do, You would want to get a doctor's note saying well uh, Brian can't drive a truck but here's what he can do at that point your employer would have to find a way to try to accommodate you and if they don't if they say forget about that then not only could you be entitled to severance at that point you could be owed human rights damages as well so that's something you want to consider
4: right right okay because it just seems to me like somebody should be responsible for this eh? like whether it be my my work Where I work, or? or So you cannot go
2: after your your employer for that injury. Uh, You have to go through the WSIB system and you can appeal the decision if you've been cut off. But as I said, if you are able to go back to work with accommodation into a different role, your employer has to try to make that happen. So that's certainly something you may want to consider uh, in consultation with your doctor.
1: Brian, appreciate your time and the call tonight's Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And uh, before the calls, which uh, we really appreciate, we were talking about ultra-expensive termination. Next one is this. When an employee raises harassment allegations against a boss or a co-worker. That's that's that's, that's dicey, right?
2: It is dicey. It's illegal. Oh. And it's certainly, if you're going to terminate someone in that situation, you, you better believe it's going to be an ultra-expensive termination. An employer cannot, should not, let someone go because they've complained about harassment. Uh, an employer may say, you know what, this guy is, uh, is kind of the squeaky wheel, he's a bit of a, uh, a pain, so we're going to just let him go instead of dealing with the allegations. Uh-uh, wrong. It's illegal. Legally, an employer does have to take these harassment uh, allegations and complaints very seriously. They have to investigate. Sometimes they may even, that may even mean bringing an outside investigator to investigate and then ultimately do whatever you have to to rectify the issue, to make sure it goes away. It's a very serious thing, it's a very real thing, and an employer that chooses to ignore that, it does does so at its own peril. It's gonna cost them a lot of money, it's gonna be a very problematic, so please, don't do that. And if you are an employee, you should always feel empowered to complain about harassment, to raise the issue with your employer, with HR, with the owner, with the right person, because they have to take it seriously and investigate.
1: Again, the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, not only the severance pay calculator part of that, but so many other uh, facets of Employment Live, which you may not be aware of, and it's free and anonymous for you to check out and spend some time on anytime, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, ultra expensive terminations. Here's another one. Uh, You get it, or at least it's it's thrust upon you right after you uh, reduce employee compensation or get them to sign a new contract of employment.
2: So an employer might say, wait a second, I know I have to pay a bunch of severance, right? So, hmm, how do we reduce that obligation? I know, let's give someone a pay cut and then let them go. Gosh, we're smart. Or wait, even better, let's have the employee sign an agreement limiting their severance and then let them go. My gosh, can we be smarter? I don't think we can. Well, no, you're not smart doing that because you're not going to get away with it. An employer that does something to the employee to save on severance and then lets them go to, to capitalize on that, not only is not going to save on severance, they're going to have to pay additional damages, bad faith damages or punitive damages. So it's a very, very bad idea because that employer is not acting in good faith. There is an expectation that employee and employer will act in good faith, right? And if that's uh, something that the employer doesn't do, there's going to be additional damages. So employers, if you're going to let someone go do it straight up, don't try to come up with creative ways to avoid paying severance, to reduce those obligations, because 99% of the time, not only will you not be successful, it's going to backfire, and you're going to face one of those ultra-expensive terminations.
1: Here's another example that can lead to that right before an employee does a large bonus or a commission payment. We talked about this before. Just brutal.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, gosh, I got to pay Bob... His yearly bonus it's going to be a lot of money i got to pay him 40 grand uh, i don't want to pay that well you know what i'll just let bob go before i have to pay the bonus again i'm so smart i just saved myself the 40 grand no you can't do that either an employee that's earned the bonus has to get paid the bonus even if the employer lets them go before the bonus payment date and yeah. again we're back into that bad faith situation that employer that was trying to be so clever or trying to uh let uh, or save a bunch of money not only is it not going to save the money we're going to see through that and our courts see through that and all of a sudden instead of the forty thousand dollar uh bonus that you were, you were trying to save you pay the forty thousand plus an extra fifty thousand in punitive damages so very very expensive so if you're an employee and you're owed something uh, you have to get it paid. Even if your employer lets you go before then, and if the employer refuses, yeah, let us know, because potentially you'd be owed that much more because they're not acting in good faith.
1: Still some time, 416-870-6400 is how you do that. Ultra expensive terminations. I love these. When an employee makes inquiries about overtime pay or maybe missing vacation pay, etc. and out they go.
2: So it's very important that uh, employees feel comfortable uh, pursuing their entitlements. And that's especially important things such as overtime and minimum wage and vacation pay. As an employee, you're allowed to ask questions. You're allowed to demand payment. You're allowed to find out why something was not paid and you cannot be punished in any way, shape or form for doing so. I call this the dome of protection. You have this, this dome around you, this invisible dome of protection that means that your employer can't do anything to you. You, You're you're impervious because of the fact that the law says an employee that gets punished, that's what we call uh, a reprisal. If your employer punishes you, lets you go, uh, does anything to you because you had the audacity to inquire about your legal entitlements, that's something that the law takes very seriously. So all of a sudden, if you're let go because you're demanding overtime, Uh, then not only will you get the overtime that's owed to you, additional damages are going to have to be paid because of that reprisal. So employers, even if the employee is wrong, maybe they demanded overtime and it turns out that they were wrong. They were not owed overtime. That's fine. You still can't let them go because of that. You may be upset that they demanded overtime, maybe, but unless the employee was acting in bad faith, you can let them go. That's a a sure uh, recipe for an ultra-expensive termination.
1: Yeah, we're kind of narrowing it down tonight on the ultra expensive ones. I mean, there's there's so many different ways this can happen for an employer and benefit the employee, but we're uh, we're working through our list here. So again, heads up and ears open for these. Next one is this, when an employee announces a pregnancy or comes back from a mat leave or paternity leave.
2: Yeah, and this is very similar to what we were talking before about uh, going on disability leave. You know, what does the law say? Well, the law actually couldn't be more straightforward. An employer cannot let someone go Because they're pregnant, because they're taking a a parental leave, whether it's a father or a mother, uh, because they want to take the full leave of 18 months, uh, they can't be let go because of it. No way, no how. So not only uh, would an employer that chooses to let someone go have to pay severance. Of course you have to pay severance. But there's going to be additional damages under the Human Rights Code, under the Employment Standards Act, big damages significant damages so you know when it comes to pregnancy you know John what do we always say about uh, about pregnancy
1: don't mess with mama just don't exactly. do it
2: yeah just that's exactly it don't do it don't even think about it don't go there uh, do things by the book do things the right way both morally and legally uh, and if you decide to let someone go in that situation man oh man is that gonna be yeah. a, a, a very ultra expensive termination.
1: Get to a couple more of these before we move on to an email or two. This one is, uh, is coming down now. If the employee is working on a fixed-term agreement, that has not ended.
2: So let's uh, kind of change pace here. But We're talking yeah. about that, you know, employers acting badly. Well, this is not a situation where an employer is acting badly. So what am I talking about? So I'm talking about if there's a fixed-term agreement. So maybe you signed a, a contract, an agreement with your employer for a fixed period of time, two years, five years, some fixed amount of time. Well, what happens if your employer wants to let you go before the end of that agreement? You signed a three-year agreement, and they want to let you go after a year. Sure, they can do that, no problem. But they have to pay you the balance of the agreement. They have to pay you for the time left on that agreement. So if there's two years left on that agreement, they have to pay that to you. My gosh, that could be very, very expensive. I had that case, I've told you about this, where someone signed, I think it was like a a five or six year contract uh, and was let go after a few months. And yeah, guess what? That employer had to pay that employee for those remaining four and a half years. Uh, It's the law. So talk about ultra expensive terminations, my gosh. Now, an employer may may be horrified to hear that. Well, there's a way for employers to deal Mm -hmm. with that. Then all they have to do is have an employment agreement that has an early exit clause early exit provision employee if we ever need to let you go early we will pay you the following as long as you have an early exit clause you may be okay a lot of employers don't do that or don't do it properly and they find out that they owe the balance of the contract and man that could be extremely expensive
1: Ultra expensive terminations. This last one's a nice one. Uh, you get let go. Oh, right before the holidays. How about that?
2: Yeah, you know, it, it, this is kind of a kind of more subtle thing. But uh, you know, right before the holidays, there's a couple of things to consider. There. Number one, it's kind of a a, a bad thing to do, right? And, and because of that, if you're letting someone go before the holidays, if you're not acting in good faith, if you're acting harshly, there could be additional damages you have to pay someone. But also, if you let someone go right before the holidays, it may take them longer to find another job, right? Because not many people are hiring around the holidays and even right after the holidays, a lot of companies have set their budgets for the year already and and they're not hiring right away. Well, if it's going to take the employee a longer time to find another job, that means even more severance. So certainly, letting someone go around the holidays, before the holidays, is actually not just the wrong thing to do, I think, morally, it's also, I think, the wrong thing to do financially. It could be more expensive than waiting for a different time. Something definitely for
1: employers and employees to keep in mind. We'll get to an email from uh, Janet. It says, hey, Lior, love the show. My employer let me go because they say I don't work fast enough. I've never had any complaints before. Do they have a right to do this?
2: Yeah, well, keep in mind the the usual rule, and that is an employer can let an employee go pretty much for any reason, so long as severance is paid. But I suspect in this situation, that employer wants to try to let her go without compensation, without severance. So the question becomes, can they do that? Well, the only time that that employer would be able to do that is if, number one, they can prove that she wasn't working fast enough, that she's not doing a good job, but that's not enough, of course. Is if they can prove that they've spoken to her about it that they've warned her about it that they've tried to provide assistance and support and despite that that employee is going out of her way to work badly and to to not do a, a good job in that situation and only in that situation could the employer even consider terminating for cause that's extremely unlikely extremely difficult remember that the termination for cause is the capital punishment of the employment relationship So can she be let go? Yeah, absolutely. Will she have to be paid severance? You bet.
1: And we'll get to another email. This one from Helen says, my boss is always very rude and demeaning. He yells at me regularly and puts me down in front of other employees. I've talked to HR several times about this and they keep saying that they will speak to him. So far, nothing's changed. I'm very stressed and I'm losing sleep. How do I make this harassment stop?
2: Unfortunately, John, what, What you've just read there is a fairly common scenario. I've seen this more times than I can care to count. So it seems like she's certainly been doing the right thing. And she's spoken to HR, she's asked for help, and and they're not doing anything. Well, what I I think it's time now to do is to try to deal with this externally. Try to get her out of there because clearly staying there is not good for her. It's, It's causing problems. So what do you do? Number one is I want you to start documenting uh, that you've corresponded with HR. So follow up with HR. Send an email saying, HR, I've approached you before on this date and those dates. I've told you about what's happening. You've told me you've done something, or well, that you're going to do something. You haven't. Please deal with this asap. If nothing happens, you do a follow up, and then still nothing happens. Now it's time for me to get involved. And what what happens in that situation is, if the employer refuses to deal with this and doesn't meet its obligation, she can consider that a constructive dismissal. If your employer creates a poison work environment or doesn't fix a poison work environment, that's a significant breach of terms of employment. You can treat that as a termination and get severance. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to uh, just quit and leave and, and think that there's nothing you can do. So that employer would have terminated her employment. The key always with harassment is to be able to prove that you've tried to resolve it, that you've given the company an opportunity to do it. And if you've done that and they haven't done what they're supposed to, that's a constructive dismissal.
1: It speaks to the fact that you should always have everything in writing and, and keep you know contemporaneous uh, you know evidence of, of things that go down in the workplace and even beyond that, right? I mean, it, it'll, it'll bolster your case if it ever comes down the pipe that you need it. Keep in mind that uh, a he said, she said situation is never good if you can avoid it. I,
2: I don't uh. like that. I'd rather have things in writing. So an email works great. We're in the age now where you can send a quick email confirming what happened or a text message. Or even if you record something, that's great. But you, especially when it comes to harassment, when it's not something that you can see with your eyes, ideally you want to have a way to prove it. And having something in writing is always, always going to be very helpful.
1: And that will do it for another evening. Thank you so much. If you contributed through email or a phone call, love talking to you and we'll we'll leave it till the weekend. But there's ways to reach out if you have questions that come up now that we're done. 1-855-821. 5900 is the number, help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the email address we always use. And as I mentioned, the website, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, full of great information there, free and anonymous as well. And the severance pay calculator is there, free for you to use anytime you would like as well. We'll catch you next time, Employment Law Show. Uh, stick around the one point. Coming back, Alex Pearson is up next. Hang on.